Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good, because He is faithful and good. Think about it, 2020 has turned many of our lives upside down, so who couldn't use a major dose of hope? I'd like to ask you to share this podcast with friends or on your social media outlets and perhaps review it on Apple so others will find this podcast easily. Every Wednesday, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 828 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and sprinkled in along the way will be additional Romans 828 stories from our She Writes for Him bootcamp graduates and others the Lord brings my way. So let's get started. Well, welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am back this week to introduce you to Redemption Press author Judy Laffler, author of Love Never Fails, and boy, I love her Romans 8.28 story that you're going to hear today. So first things first, let me give her a proper introduction. From a young age, J.C. Laffler always wanted to write, but she ended up in a government career that lasted nearly 32 years. Now she spends her days writing about faith in God and enjoys puzzles, painting, and traveling. She and her husband, David, have six children and nine grandchildren. They live in Portage, Michigan, and winter in Missouri City, Texas. Her novels include Lost and Found, Amazing Grace, Hope Everlasting, Leap of Faith, Finding Joy, and just released Love Never Fails. And all of her novels have been published by Redemption Press. And I love it when I can share some little known facts about our podcast guests. Judy loves poetry and had the first poem published in her Sunday school paper when she was about eight years old. She was extremely shy growing up and petrified to do oral presentations as she joined her career position with the government and got involved in community organizations. She learned that she was really good at writing and presenting information. Judy completed both write up and speak up as a member of the Michigan JCs organization, winning local and state competitions and representing Michigan in the national speak up competition when she placed in the top 10 of the representatives from almost 40 states. In her position with the Defense Logistics Agency, she auditioned and was selected for the mission briefing team where she spoke to dignitaries visiting the organization. Judy was a bit of a daredevil as her confidence grew, and in the early 90s, she went skydiving as part of a community project, did a static line jump by herself from the open door of a perfectly good airplane. She has known Jesus since she was young, but her faith has grown by leaps and bounds since she married her husband, David, who she says is the godliest man she has ever known. In July, they have been married 23 years. So let's roll that interview. 
Well, Judy Laffler, it is such a delight to have you on the All Things Podcast today. Welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yes. Well, I would, before we jump into some questions about your newest book, um, I would love to have you just share one of your favorite Romans 828 stories, just so our listeners can get a peek into how God works in your life. Well, Athena, I think my favorite story has to be the one where I met you originally. And the reason I start there is because I was ready to give up writing. I had worked with another publisher who um, at that time had basically closed their doors in the middle of one of my stories. And so I was to the point where I thought maybe writing isn't for me after all. Mm. And I was reading the blog about all the other authors that were in the same boat as I was. And I just happened across your name and number as part of that blog. And I thought, what's it going to hurt at this point? So I called you. And at the time you were in the middle of putting together full circle if I remember right. Yes. And so you were willing after we talked for a few minutes to share your story with me and let me read through that rough draft that you had started of that book. And so I said, okay, I'm willing to do that. So we kind of hung up and I read your story and I thought that's amazing, but I have one big pressing question. And so I called you back a couple of days later and I said, Athena, what's going to happen? What's going to keep this all from happening again? And your answer was exactly the answer I needed. You said to me, God will. Hmm. And that just the feeling that came over me, it's, it's getting me right now again. It's like, that is the answer. God is the answer. He wants me to keep writing. So that's kind of how we got hooked up. And now six books later, all published by Redemption Press, I've, I've kept on writing and I love it. And it is definitely a way for me to give back to God. Mm. So Judy, we're going to talk about your latest release, Love Never Fails. Describe Bella Roberts in three words and tell us what are her standout qualities and her fears. Okay, three words. I would say lonely, sad, and searching. Mm. Searching. And the her her fears, well, if you want me to get into a little bit of her character, she lost her mama at a very young age. Father was never in the picture, and she goes to live with her aunt and uncle when she's eight. And so she does really well through her young life until they both pass away. And then she's desperately lonely. They've been her whole life up to that point. And so she's searching for something and she's trying to figure out how she does life now without her aunt and uncle and her mom, of course. So are her fears that she'll, I mean, does she feel abandoned because they, you know, she's left without them? And does that fear carry forward then? I think she's missing love. Therefore, the whole the whole theme of love never fails. And while her uncle, who she had a very, very close relationship with, taught her scripture throughout her life, they played this little game where he would start a scripture and she would finish it. 
And it taught her scriptures from the time she was eight until her adulthood that then she could use in everyday life. So she has a good basis in God and scripture, but I think she's so lonely when they're that her uncle, her aunt passes first and then her uncle, that some of that kind of slips by the wayside and she forgets about, you know, God's love, that love never fails, you know? And so at the point where the book starts, she's searching for that. She's, she's lost the love in her life. Mm. So who's the hero in the story and why, and what are his standout qualities? Well, it's not a he, it's a she. It's really? her little, it's a little abandoned puppy that Bella oh. finds under her aunt's rose bush. So she names her Rosie. She finds her and she, um, her best friend lives across the street. So they decide they should take her to a vet that her friend knows. So they take her there. She never thinks at that moment that she's going to keep this little puppy. But once, once she gets there and they talk about it and she faces that she has to leave the puppy overnight with the vet to, to get an IV and care, she realizes how attached she already is to the puppy. And this little puppy becomes her companion, her day and night companion, and just kind of reminds her what love is all about. Mm, I love that. Dogs can do that, can't they? Yes, they can. Oh, so what inspired you to write Love Never Fails? Were you ever scared to be alone yourself or have you ever felt unloved? Yeah, I think so. I think there's always a little bit of yourself in every story that you write. And a lot, while my books are all fiction, I think they all encompass something difficult I've gone through in my own life or something that I felt. I actually dedicated this book to an aunt and uncle of my own who always throughout my life encouraged me that I was doing the right thing. I got good grades, so they praised that. They always seemed to have words of encouragement for me. And that's how I decided that Bella was going to live with her aunt and uncle. So I dedicated this book to them because of that encouragement at times when I maybe didn't get that from my parents or I was just extremely lonely during certain times of my life. They were always there. And that made such a huge difference to me. Mm, I love that. So what is the significance of the theme and what do you hope readers will gain from the story? Okay. During a very desperate part of the story where Bella is Bella and her little puppy are kidnapped she is to the point of being desperate and ready to give up and she kind of hears a voice and i'd like to believe that god has something to do with this of her aunt and uncle and, and sees kind of a little vision of her aunt and uncle and mother all holding hands and telling her that they still love her and that she can do this and that their love will always be with her even though they aren't there physically and that and and it reminds her of a story that her uncle told her in church one time about how when she was missing her mom about how her mom's love was just like God's love for us just like he would never forsake us and that his love is always around us so is her mom's love and so the whole theme of love never fails combines God's love gives us God's love to look at as the perfect example of how love never fails, even though people may disappear from our lives. Their love never fails. 
And it sounds to me like they were a great example of Jesus with skin on. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It's really cool because during this story, through times when she's really struggling the most, she'll remember, she'll hear her uncle's voice reciting one of the scriptures. And she will automatically, even write out loud sometimes, finish that scripture. And she's realizing that all along the way, God's giving her that comfort of her uncle, even though he's already passed. Yep. It's those memories that live on in her heart. It is. I love that. So the stats are alarming. Nearly 80% of people feel significantly unloved. What do you think are the biggest contributors to that? And what can we each do to show our family, friends, and neighbors that we love them? Well, I think number one, the first thing is people feel that way because we don't pay enough attention to our friends and family and neighbors. And it's like, I mean, it's one of the commandments, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And so I think, you know, that's one of the big contributors as well as one of the ways we can help it be better is just to always remember that person you're looking at, if they look like they need help, give it. You know, we've become a society afraid to help others Mm -hmm. because of so many horrible things happening in the world. But we can still do that in our own ways and do it safely and do it to make a difference to somebody else. And boy, the enemy always loves to isolate us. So especially Uh, with the pandemic, we have become a way more isolated people that then that just compounds the problem that you're pointing out. Exactly. Mm. So what would you say to readers who might feel unloved or unworthy like Bella Roberts? I would say start with your Bible. Open that Bible up and find some scriptures. You can even Google scriptures about love, which is what I did when I started Love Never Fails. And all of the scriptures within my novel have something to do with love. But start there. There are so many good things in the Bible that we miss that are answers to the things we're feeling every day. And as much as I know that, I still do it myself. It's Mm -hmm. We get so caught up in the bad that we forget about the good. And so my first thing would be, you know, get out the Bible. Call somebody you know who you know loves Jesus because they will help you. I, if if someone is a child of God, they will never turn you away if you need to talk, if you need anything. I mean, I just truly believe that people who love God and are, are believers, they'll help you. You know, don't be afraid to reach out. I think that's one of the biggest things. And we're, we all do it. You know, we're afraid to say to somebody, I really need to talk to you. I'm really feeling down about something. And my whole life, I think I did that a lot in my younger years until I met my husband, who is such a godly man. And today's our 23rd anniversary, by the way. Ooh. So, but once I met David, I knew that it was always okay to ask for help because Mm -hmm. he's such a godly man. And he showed me that that's what God wants is for all of us to help each other. That's really what it's all about. Just love one another. Yes. And, you know, we, the enemy would like us to think that we can't tell someone that we're struggling because then we're not very spiritual and we shouldn't really be feeling this way if we're a Christian. And so then that 
keeps us quiet and silent instead of engaging and reaching out. Oh, I agree completely. And it's just, it, it is, it's Satan whispering in that other ear saying, you deserve this. You're not good enough. You know, you're not talented enough. I, if, if I could say anything else to anybody, it's like, never be afraid to use the gifts God gave you because God gave us all gifts. He created us for a reason. He put us on here to help one another. There are gifts there somewhere. So find them. You know, um, I thought I'd never start writing. I had a long term career with the federal government. You know, it turned into 32 years of working and I didn't start there until I was almost 30. So I kept thinking, well, maybe I just wasn't meant to be an author. And that is just Satan whispering in your ear. You're too old. You're too something. You're not. You're never too old. My first book was published when I was 61 years old. It's wow. never too late. It's yeah. just never too late. Amen. So Bella has an uncle who taught her scriptures, which in turn offer her comfort as an adult dealing with deep fears. How can your readers better incorporate scripture memorization into their lives and where should they start? I will just tell you when I started after my first book, which ended up having a theme of faith in it, I knew what I was going to write about. I found what I wanted to write about. I never knew in the beginning what I, I thought I was going to write poetry. I love poetry. But after that, when I would start to read a book, write a book, and I would actually think about a little bit of a theme that I was going to write about, then I would look up scriptures about that. And there are so many scriptures found so easily that way. And if you don't have a computer yourself, every library has a computer. Go to the library and just type in, you know, God's love, hope. I mean, hope everlasting. I did the same thing there. Any Anything you look up like that will give you specific scripture. And once you start reading them, you'll want to read all of them. You'll want to read more because it's so encouraging to read those scriptures and incorporate them into what you need. When I wrote Hope Everlasting, the little runaway boy that was struggling found a Bible where someone had made a list of, of scriptures for different situations in life. And so when he was feeling those things in life, he would go to that list and look up that scripture. And I think that would help people so much. It helps me. I just can't believe it wouldn't help you to know that in God's own word, there's help for everyday things we struggle with. Amen. So where do you, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Where do you draw encouragement and hope from in your own life? And how has, is that portrayed in the story? I draw it from God. God, number one, my husband, David, number two, my writing is a big part of my life. I had my first poem published in the Sunday school paper when I was eight. And one thing I will never forget is my favorite teacher. It was fourth grade. So I was nine years old when I really knew that I found Jesus. And she was so encouraging. She went to our church as well as being my fourth grade teacher. But she told my parents at a conference, I hope you realize that Judy's ability to write poems and stories, it's a gift from God. I've never forgotten that. Wow. And I'm so, so thankful for it. And the minute I get down or scared or worried about something, I start writing. It's it's my outlet. And God gave me that. 
So for me to be able to write stories and incorporate some of God's word into them is huge. Mm, Amen. So as we wrap this up, I would love for you to share with our listeners a tip or a tool, whatever has been helpful for you to remember, even in the middle of hard times, that God is always working behind the scenes and going to work all things together for your good. I think my biggest tip is, and I do this to myself all the time, what would God really think? How would God think you should handle this? What would God do? I mean, those old bracelets we used to wear that said, what would Jesus do? It it works. You know, ask yourself in the midst of your despair or loneliness, you know, what would God want you to do? I have to say for me, nine times out of 10, it's going to take me to my Bible. It's just the logical place to go. I have like this really creative side of my mind and then this very logical side of my mind. And to me, that just makes sense because that's where all the answers are. If you truly believe in God and that he died for your sins, I mean, how can we not want to give back to that? I I can't imagine when I picture Jesus on the cross dying for my sins. Boy, I just want to do something that would he would be proud of. And I think that's the biggest answer for me. Again, I have a wonderful husband who is so godly himself that I can always go to him. And that is a gift from God. Um, We both had difficult situations before we met each other. And we feel so blessed right to this day that we were just talking about it this morning, that we have each other now and that's forever. And that is a gift from God. Amen. So if we have some ladies that are listening today that maybe want to connect with you on social media or online, what is the best way for them to do that? They can go to my website. It's very simple, jclaffler.com. And they'll find all my contact information there. They can find me. (laughs) I have kind of a funny story. My mother-in-law is also Judy Laffler. So if you look me up on Facebook, you have to put Judy C. Laffler, or you might get the other Judy. The wrong one. Judy Laffler, too. So, um, but you can always reach me through Messenger on Facebook. And like I said, my email and contact information is all on my website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It has been delightful. Thank you, Athena. I really appreciate it. And I love Redemption Press. Oh, well, we love you having you as an author. And it's been, I I just love the full circles. And I didn't, you know, I didn't remember all the ins and outs of that first time that we connected. So I love to hear how God works in, you know, I'm still. It's just so perfect. When you look back on it, it's just so perfect. When I know how desperate I was back then, and when you said those two simple words, God will, I knew it was a done deal, and it's been perfect ever since. So Mm. I really appreciate everything you guys do. Well, thank you. God bless your ministry, my friend. Thank you. Well, thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So, hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would, consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media. And if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, 
I would love it if you would take a minute to do that as it would help other people find the show and also let them know that it's a show worth listening to. So thanks so much for joining us today and I will see you next week. Bye for now.